Welcome back to the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. My name is Sam Hind, and today I am joined by a very special guest who I know you are going to love listening to. You're not going to be able to uh, tune on out of this episode, so get ready for uh, the amazing Dr. Louise Mahler. Dr. Louise uh, was awarded last year as one of the Speakers of Excellence, so Speaker of the Year in Australia for 2021. She's also been given an International Stevie Award for her contribution to women in business and for a second time running, she has been recognised as one of the top 30 global gurus in body language and communication. This is the woman who gets pulled into the news channels, your favorite TV shows to talk about the rich and famous and the way that they're presenting themselves online, their body language, what's really going on and who they are behind the facade that they show all of us. So this amazing woman has jumped on in and joined me to have a chat about our body language, about how we can deliver a fantastic first impression, about how we should show up on social media, even about what we wear and how we demonstrate our amazing products. I know I learned a lot from this episode and I have got no doubt in my mind that you will too. So grab that cup of tea or coffee, get ready with your pen and paper because I can tell you right now, you're going to pick up a lot of very valuable information from this amazing woman. So uh, with no further ado, let's tune on in and listen to the amazing Dr. Louise Mahler. Everybody and welcome back in to the Direct Selling Accelerator podcast. I am so excited today to be joined by the amazing Dr. Louise Mahler. Welcome on in, uh, Louise. It is amazing to have you today. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Now, we've just been chatting about uh, your expertise, your amazing awards. I know a lot of our listeners have probably already seen you showing up on various news channels talking about body language. Um, But I just want to quickly talk about this for a moment because um, you have got not only an amazingly uh, interesting and colourful background, which you're going to tell us about in just a moment, but um, you have just been re-awarded the top 30 global guru in both body language and communication internationally. Is that Did I get that right? That's correct. So basically you're the, you're the go-to internationally for reading body language and communication yes. stuff, right? It's my life. It's my life. It's what I <laughs> And I do remember the very first time we met, which was at a a speaker's showcase. You've also, last year, which huge congratulations, were awarded Speaker of Excellence, or some of us would know that as Speaker of the Year in Australia for 2021. So well done and congratulations. What an amazing achievement for you also. Thank you. So we're very privileged to have you today. And I'm super excited about what we're going to talk about, which, of course, is all things body language. And I know our listeners are going to love listening to your expertise in this space today. But do you want to start by, I've done, I've told people a little bit about, you know, these amazing awards that you've won, but do you want to tell people about your 
like I said, very colourful um, and exciting background, uh, Louise. Well, there's two parts to the background, like these two wings behind me. I guess <laughs> one was uh, one is I have a PhD in leadership communication and you know org psych and master prac and NLP and all of those sort of things um, in the business area, and I've worked in that area for decades with people in business selling their ideas. Um, the other side to my background was I actually sang opera for a long time um, and was in Europe for 10 years and had a soloist contract at the Vienna State Opera. So um, those two kind of come together. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so tell me about how you got into becoming one of the top 30. I'm just going to, like, forget the 30 thing. You're just one of the world's leading experts in body language what was it that led you to uh, really pursue this as your passion and your, I guess, your career moving forward? It's interesting because people say, how do you get into that career? And I'm like, career? I don't know what you're talking about. It's <laughs> calling. I can't stop doing it. You know, if I didn't do it, I'd be pulling people off the street going, let's think about what you're doing here. <laughs> I, I just, I can't stop. I can't stop. I just, I'm driven by this need to share information. And I just don't stop. Yeah. And I think it's also, I love listening to you and, and I often see you popping up on my LinkedIn talking about the body language of the rich and famous out there and uh, the things that are going on at the moment. Um, so given that, uh, you know, this is what you do uh, and you're asked every day to analyse the famous and give insights into what's really going on, uh, you know, perhaps could you share with us some observations you've made recently? I know there's lots of people we could talk about, but I'm going to let you decide. <laughs> yeah. Well, the minute I talk about our politicians, of course, I'm annoying everybody. I'll get everyone. <laughs> huh? But, you know, our listening, how we listen is so important. And our politicians don't seem to learn this. And we need to know it desperately in direct selling because it's whether, for politicians, it's whether you get the votes for direct things, whether you get the sale. And we don't want to annoy anyone. So what happens with Scott Morrison, um, head of the Liberal Party, is that he will put his head backwards. Mm-hmm. And often when we have our head lifted, that says arrogance. It doesn't mean it is, but that's how it's perceived. And then the mouth closed mm, says, I'm not in this conversation, it's finished. And the mouth down, bottom lip over, says contempt. So we get <laughs> that sort of listening position. And Mr Albanese does the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr Albanese also flares his nostrils when he speaks, lifts his top lip up, and then has lays his tongue. Um, and that's seen as incompetence when he's <laughs> Um So there's <laughs> things that they do mm. uh, in their lives. And then we have an example like Zelensky. And, again, I don't make political comment. I just analyse people out there. But Zelensky, when he's talking to the parliament, he's front on. When he's doing his social media, he's side on and then his head is front on. You know, he has a production team that follows him around. His lighting is always excellent. His sound is always excellent. And he never throws his head or does anything aggressive uh, because he doesn't want to alienate people. Uh, And he does a magnificent job on garnering the whole world behind him. Yeah, yeah. He's also uh, an experienced performer, though, right? So, yeah, which is something that most politicians don't have under their belt. But we all need to have it because it's sales, it's leadership, it's politics. And 
I often call what I do the missing ingredient of leadership because people don't learn these skills. And certainly if you're a clerk in a back room, they're not relevant. But as you come along the leadership scale, the importance of these skills is exponentially important and they're left out. So they do their training up front but then don't do any training towards the end when these are the skills that are important. Yeah, uh, yeah. They they start to get that confidence. I know what I'm doing now, and and then we'll just yeah we'll stop the learning from here. Um, do you find that people get a little bit nervous around you because always you can read my body language? What I don't even know what I mean. But look, I Dr. Yesterday. Louise will know. <laughs> I did you yesterday, and Larry Emder said to me, "I'm always really nervous when I'm around." <laughs> yes. Larry, oh, good. I'm so glad it's not just me. Larry too. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about improving body language today because there's some things that have changed recently as we've, you know, like I don't need to explain the obvious. We're dealing with people online so much more now than what we were in person. When you're in person, you've got your whole body to work with. You can see what people are doing. So let's talk a little bit about meeting someone, say, for the first time on Zoom or um, in a video chat of some sort, doesn't have to be Zoom, any video chat, yeah. you meet someone for the very first time, what are some things that people could uh, could do um, to create a great first impression, um, not just with their mouths but with their body language? Well, it's, it's even before that, quite frankly. It's what's in your background, what message are you sending, what yeah. is your brand, and people don't think about that. Yeah. And if you're at home and you're in your bedroom, I don't want a bed behind you. I don't want the toilet door behind you. I want something that is your brand. And uh, if you can't get some books or a plant or something personal and something attractive that is your brand, then hello, green screen. It's not that expensive. It's a piece of green material and then you can project images behind you. That's critical before you start. Next thing is your position on screen. And if you watch on TV, what um, what you'll see is there is always just that little bit above the head. People are always in the middle. The screen's divided into three. So I could be there, I could be here, but I'll be classically in the middle here. Mm-hmm. What I'm here seeing people do is this sort of thing. So I'm getting just the head. A head is just communicating and nothing else. And there's huge areas. And then we're too far away from the screen. So we're too distant. Um, these are stupid. There are actual rules. I'll just stand up where there is just a little bit above your head. I need a bit of body for gravitas and I need to be in the middle. End of story. Yeah. Yeah, I love that comment about the background. How often do people not consider their background? And it does set an example, doesn't it? I remember having a chat with a CEO just recently of a company. We were meeting for the first time and get this, his jeans were slung on the chair behind him. So I was fully aware he was sitting there in his boxer shorts, which... (laughs) Oh, it's not the worst I've seen, I've got to say, but... (laughs) Uh, So... Um, we're going to talk a little bit about facial features and things like that later because, um, you know, we, we've had a, a really good chat last week. It was it last week, earlier this week about this. And I absolutely love hearing what you've got to say about all things, not just body language, but I want to just jump into, we spoke a bit about, and I'm just going to pick up a product here for a sec. I'll just use my mobile phone. We spoke a bit about the fact that in the direct selling industry, we're demonstrating products a lot of the time. And uh, you had some really great tips and suggestions for people when they're doing, say, a virtual party or an event 
as to how to actually hold their products when they're demonstrating. It's a funny story because I was working with some people and they had cushions, so I've got a cushion. And what this person had, I don't know what it was, but they put the pillow here and then they're like, this is a beautiful pillow and I think that it's something that we could really work on. And um, and they're massaging this pillow and I'm going, stop. You cannot do this. For those that are listening, not watching, she's caressing the pillow in a way that you wouldn't if the pillow wasn't there. So, you know, we always have our object out to the side. Look, it's separate to me. Here's the pillow. And you'll sit, there might be an opportunity we go, wow, isn't that fabulous? And you might bring it into your body. But otherwise, it's separate to the body and front on for the viewer. It's not mm. here for me. It's here for you. It's out to the side and, and, uh, and over like that. So, you know, where you hold your object is important. But then it's how you guide the eye of the others to that object. So let me take something a bit more simple. So I have a a jar of um, cream here. I want to get the label out to the front and I want to have it front on and side on. I find that a little bit difficult. The key thing here is that I need to keep what we tend to do is we wobble the object. So we go, this is a cream and it's really good. And the object goes all over and we go, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? In fact, it's the cream stays still. What moves is you. You can move, but the object doesn't move. Um, And that's really an art form. And if you watch on the television of people selling product, that's what they do. Wow, look at this cream. How fantastic. And they'll move their body, but they don't move the object. I want that static. And the next thing is how I draw attention to that object. And I'm going to use my hand to do that. And I'm going to look at it lovingly with the flat of my hand, never a point, with the flat of my hand. I'm going to look at it lovingly. And then I'm going to turn to the audience and then only then speak. So I'll say, this is a fabulous cream. You see, I touch it, turn, talk. Touch, turn, talk. That's called the technique. So I'd say, this is a fabulous cream. Let's have a look at that. And I might take the lid off and then go, wow, what a perfume. Yeah. Mm, wow. Can you see it's a rhythm of three? One, two, three. Talk. We only talk to the screen. We don't talk um, out uh, to the object. The object, yes. So tell me about the point. You said don't point. No, never point. In communication, you never point. Pointing is aggressive. In ancient Rome, they had different gestures with the hands that meant different things. But basically today, when we're gesturing to objects, it is always the flat of the hand. And might I say, the palm facing up, palms are all about trust, yep. never the back of the hand. So I never want to go, this is a cream, and have the back of my hand to the audience, but always that and out, flat of the hand. Or if I said, this is a butterfly wing, boom, this is a butterfly wing, not this is a butterfly wing. It is seen as... Um, uh, a rejection, rejection. Yep. My head yeah. and hand are in the opposite direction and the back of my hand is to the object. I want my head and hand in the same direction and the front of my hand out. Yeah, wow. And all these things that you don't really think about. And it's so true because we often, if you were talking to me about my background, I'd be doing this rather than, yeah. Disrespect, disrespect. Mm, there you go. And messages. 
Yeah, I love that. So you spoke just before a little bit about leading of the eyes, and I, I just want to elaborate on that for a moment. Do you mind uh, explaining a little bit more about the importance of leading with the eyes and I guess the the psychology of that? Because um, this is something uh, I've, I've certainly heard of before. It's um, such a powerful um, thing to keep in mind. So can we talk, speak into that maybe a little bit more? Yeah. So when it comes to eye contact, Everybody needs to know that all of our eyes go in all different directions. We tend to go, most of us, up for visual thinking, sideways for auditory, down for kinesthetic thinking and other other ideas. They go all over. Um, What people don't realise is that we look to different sides for different types of information, remembered or remembered or or constructed information. Mm -hmm. But general public don't know any of this. They know one thing. You move your eyes you're shifty, you're a liar. It's not true. But um, so your first skill uh, with any influencing others is to keep your eyes straight ahead. Now, we don't want to look like a psychopath. Psychopaths don't blink. Um, So we want to look relaxed. So that means nodding the head and blinking the eyes is very important. Then having got that down pat, and you really can do that quite quickly, be aware when your eyes are going off to these thinking areas, you can't do it, keep them straight ahead. But our next thing is where do we guide the eyes? Because people's eyes will go to places. So if you look at this picture, <laughs> you can see that there is a man here with spinach in his teeth, and that's why it was an ad for Colgate, um, the dental floss. However, what people don't notice is that she has six fingers. She has <laughs> so, um, you know, it... Uh, People's eyes will go where you don't want people's eyes to go. Yep. You have to be very careful with your hands that you're not fondling your own body in some way. And people do. They play with bra straps and, and fondle or even hair is seen as a sexual gesture. Um, don't. Don't touch your hair. Don't touch your face. Unless it's intentional, right? <laughs> oh, look, you have to move your hair back. But, you know, <laughs> that's it. Um, that's all you get. Now you have to guide the eyes. And in the screen, the issue is that we have this boundary we have to stay within because hands that are hidden, hands that go off the screen, screen deceit. So where do you want your hands to go? Um, Stay in here. And just like with the eyes, I I have all of this space. I just can't do it over my head, over my face or my hair. But I've got all of this area to move the hands congruently to guide the eyes of others. Yeah, I love that. Um, (laughs) So for those that are watching the video of this, they're getting why the giggles are happening here. For those that are listening to the audio, we've now got a, a pair of hands right behind uh, Dr. Louise's head. So I think this is awesome. I just want to get back to the butterfly, right? Okay. So it's so distracting. I've got things I need to ask here. I've got to stay on track, right? Now I know how they feel when they're interviewing you on the news and they're <laughs> all self-conscious and getting off track. Um, there's so many things that we could speak to you about with this. And I actually, I just wanted to dive off to the side here for a moment and just ask a little bit about the face touching, because this also says a lot, doesn't it, when we're people that are face touches or ear touches? In general, touching the face is seen as deception. And, uh, you know, one of the famous comedy... Uh, now my nose is itching. Ron Burgundy uh, in Anchorman. And Will Ferrell has this line, uh, rule number one, never touch the face 
or hair, you know, for a, for a, a media presenter. Never touch the face of hair and that's it. Never touch the hair. When I'm touching my hair, it is inviting you to touch my hair. It is a sexual gesture. You can't do it. When I touch my face, look, it's not reality. I may have an itch on my face. However, the perception will be deception. So I've got something I'm hiding. So, look, it's just it becomes a rule like Ron Burgundy. Never touch the face or hair. End of story. Yep. Love that. So tell me a little bit about in-person versus online because body language, I'm assuming, and I haven't really spoken to you about this um, yet, so you might go, no, it's the same. But are there some differences, aside from what you've already mentioned, between body language when we're face-to-face with someone versus if we are speaking to them like you and I are speaking now? Well, we lose that massive opportunity for rapport. And who knows what it's called? Factor Z. When we're face to face, we can we can feel people's vibration. When we go into Zoom, we come very separate. And there are rules. And the rule is basically that um, again, we have that uh, boundary. We only have our face and upper body to communicate. So you have to be very aware eye contact becomes more important. The way your head moves become more important. Your breathing, if it's high, you cannot do. Where your hands go has to stay in the screen. Really critical, though, is that we need to know that when we're on screen, we are no longer three-dimensional. We are two-dimensional, which means we can't come forwards. And many people, when they speak, will use their head throwing as a way of communicating our head and when we're in a virtual world that looks shocking and we can't come the correct distance from the camera is 18 inches the arm length if we come inside that we're becoming too intimate and it's actually got a bit spooky so we stand here but if we get further away than that then we're too distant it's called social it's the area of proxemics or psychology of space so we need to be the right distance from the camera, the right place in the camera, the right waiting in the camera, realising that we have a boundary and we're only two-dimensional. Not only that, the voice takes more precedence. So your voice is more important. And if you have a habit like um, up talk, where you're going up at the end, this is a great product and I think this will be great for you and it has some great benefits and you're going up at the end of every sentence. Very annoying. The other thing that's very annoying is some um, vocal fry, vocal fry when we uh, get rid of the air from the uh, voice and it just gets malfunctions like that. That's very annoying. Voice takes extra um, importance on screen. Yeah, and you did mention the other day about uh, in inflections in the voice with trust as well. So if um, going up versus going down um, when answering a question, do you want to um, delve into that a little? When we go up at the end of a sentence, that's called up talk. And what it does is it turns every statement you make into a question when it's actually not a question. Mm-hmm. What you need to say, say if I bring this cream back and I say, this is a fabulous cream. I need to go down for dominance um, and it's something I use and it's very, it has three critical components. I don't even know what that cream is, right? I don't know. It's just sitting there. But, um, you know, I'm going to sound like I'm in control if I go down at the end of the sentence and also if I slow down and make it important. Um these are ways, and it just guides people in. Take me to your leader. Take me to your leader. <laughs> I love that. And uh, 
Um, one of the things you also just mentioned in there as well is about breath and your breathing. It's something I don't think we think about when we're... Oh, another missing ingredient of leadership. I have literally just got off the camera from coaching uh, somebody who was in total panic and I asked her, what do you do to prepare for your engagement? And she said, I take a deep breath to relax. I said, do it for me. And she went and lifted her chest and her throat was strangled. And I said, ah, uh, that was relaxing, wasn't it? You know, like ridiculous. We do this, take a deep breath, then what we do is we do that incorrectly by pulling it up into the upper body, strangling the neck. And that is not relaxing, it's a disaster. Uh, for people who perform, what we need to do is breathe out. <sighs> Work on the out-breath, the magic. Um, grab, harness the power of the out-breath, keeping the chest down at all times. You know, if you watch Zelensky in his social media, never do his shoulders move. Shoulders don't move, which means your breathing needs to be in the right place of your body, which is your lower body. Obviously, it's not your lower body, it's in your lungs. But that's where we see the sound is in the stomach, not in the chest. Yeah, and so much to be said for breathing properly. And I will say as well, from someone who tends to get quite stressed and worked out, in fact, my first experience of breathing was exactly breathing properly was exactly what you were talking about. There uh, was an exercise we did at Bikram Yoga, and at first I was like, "What is this about?" But it was that breathing out, that fast breathing out, and forgetting about the breath in that happens by itself. It's called Kapavati, so it's yeah. The stomach goes in for the breath out. And, you know, I just did that. Try that at home. It's not that easy. I've practised it for years. And what that Kapalbhati does in, in your stress is that it will release your diaphragm, which gets your breathing back down. So I recommend to anybody who influences others, gets in front of audiences, to always do your Kapalbhati um, outside in the toilet before you go on. Get your arms off your body. Get your breath down and you're ready to perform. Yeah, and if you, I would imagine there'd have to be a ton of uh, YouTube clips on how to do that. So if you want to well, learn how to do it, they're in Indian because it is a yoga exercise. And if you look up Kapalbhati, there's some fabulous gurus who do that. Um, yeah. But you'll get some great video and, and and people describe it. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk now a little bit about uh, profile pictures. We've spoken about uh, profile pictures before and uh, my audience have heard me speak until I'm blue in the face about profile pictures and the importance of building trust quickly using that image properly. And for a lot of people in direct selling, their profile picture, their brand is themselves, so it's their headshot. So uh, can you give us some tips on, you know, what that, how to choose a headshot or take a headshot that's going to give a great first impression and have people wanting to interact with you and connect with you? Well, tell me if I'm wrong, but I believe the face needs to be, the head needs to be uh, front on and upright. Um, Sometimes the body isn't, but the head is. And then critical with the um, face is the smile. Now, I'll just state I am an ambassador for Smile Direct, but I'm an ambassador not that I'm, I'm selling them, but because I believe in the smile and how you actually smile. You know, I do a lot of work on these teeth. Um, it is very important. 60% of people will believe that you are more trustworthy when you smile. So what is a smile? Well, you need the right smile that just throws that bit of teeth, the, the mouth goes sideways. The other thing is the eyes need to smile. So you need the muscles of the eyes smiling. 
that's quite hard to get for photographs if you're not used to it, to sort of sit there and go, hi. It it becomes quite stagnant, doesn't it? So there's a technique and you need to think of Zoolander. You know, remember that comedy (laughs) Zoolander? And what he'll do is they'll go, ready, take, and he'll look away and then come back. Ah, and so you move, snap because it gives you that opportunity to move. So it's great. Uh, Your photographer might ask you to move away and then come back in and go, hi, and they take the snap. You know, move away, snap, move away, snap. And that will help you get that sort of fluidity in the photo so that you're not stuck like that. Are you taking it? Are you taking it? You're static and waiting and tense. Movement followed by static. Think Zoolander. Don't do the lips like that, but think smile. Yeah, I love that. So eyes and teeth, you guys have heard us mention this before, mm-hmm. super powerful. You just heard it from the world's top expert in body language. Teeth, eyes, really important. What about those that are uh, glasses wearers? I'm I'm, I'm going to say right now there's no excuse for sunglasses, by the way, guys, but what about glasses? Um, glasses, the problem with glasses is they can have reflection mm. in glass. And I am told, so I would take the glasses off, but I'm told that... Um, you know, I go to some effort on this stuff. I don't want to wear glasses. I've had my, my eyes lasered, you know, so I don't have to wear glasses specifically. Um, you can't do that. I believe that there is a film that you can put over the glasses to stop them reflecting. Yeah. I've been told that that actually works because you don't want the reflection in the eyes so that you look like a bumblebee. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and again, you want people to be able to see your eyes behind the glasses, right? Mm-hmm. And a reflection can. Eyes of you lose the soul, got to see them. Yep, yep. Do you know, funny story, I've got to share this with you. I've got I've got two fears. One is spiders. That's pretty normal. Uh, my, <laughs> but my other fear is mascots. Now, I don't care about a clown because I can see a clown's face. But since I was a really small child, I have been petrified of mascots, anyone in those big outfits, you know, dressed up as a bear or Snoopy or bumblebees, anything. If I can't see their face, I've just always been absolutely deathly scared to the point where my little kids were in a shopping centre and there was a mascot of their favourite TV character. They'd want to go to it and I would be running from it. And I had to let my tiny children go up to this mascot unescorted because couldn't go there. I only recently learned that that's a potentially a subconscious I don't trust you because um, you can't see their eyes and their their mouth. Yeah, can't see somebody in disguise, absolutely. And then there's all those funny movies about the alcoholic who dresses up as Santa and, you know, shouldn't be with them. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's where it's come from. I think it's got more to do with the fact that I don't know who's behind that mask right there. So um, we actually had, went to a mask grade ball a few years back and it, it, it that, that's when I realised where it was coming from because it was the same thing. I knew who was behind it, but I couldn't see their eyes or their mouth. Yes, there's a critical message there for all of us on screen. Look at you and me both. Our hair is off our face. Oh, you do not want your hair hanging over your face. That <laughs> it's is, just annoying. <laughs> I just want to go up and fix it. <laughs> it's a mask. People don't like it. It's like, what are you hiding? And even that hair that comes over and just slightly over the eyes. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do it to be trustworthy. Yep. Good point. So many things to keep in mind. We are not dating. I I find myself saying that more and more often. When you are on screen, you are not dating. It is a different game. So dating, put your hair over your face. Dating, touch your hair. Dating, do all of that. 
not in business. Yeah. You can caress that pillow all you want if you're dating. It's- you bet. I might suggest it. <laughs> we'll do another podcast episode on that topic a little later. <laughs> um, this will be the late night episode. Um, let's talk a little bit about colour. I know that we're opening a can of worms here, but I'm super passionate about colour. I love learning about what different colours do. And I think I mentioned to you, I've spoken to our listeners before about how when I uh, speak on stage to an audience I've never met before. I have my red jacket yeah. or my red dress and uh, they show up. But then when I get to know an audience better, uh, I change my colours a little bit more. So can you speak into the importance of colour? And I know that this comes into play both in what you wear, in the content you put on social media, in so many different elements. But let's talk first of all about clothing. Well, you know, I have a signature colour. My signature colour is red. And let me tell you my wardrobe. I have, um, you know, tight pants, normal pants, flared pants, casual pants, business pants. I have long jackets, short jackets, short sleeve, the long sleeve. I have everything in red. And let me tell you, I was in Sydney yesterday doing a leadership program and a TV and all my red things, I actually changed three times, are in my suitcase. And there's a, I don't know if you've heard on the news this morning, total crisis at the airports. I did not get my suitcase back. So today I'm wearing my pink, but you'll see my pink blends into red and I wear this with red pants. So it's kind of a slight softening of the red colour. Um, you know, I think about it. I work it. I have red shoes. I have um, red bangles. Um, and, uh, and then I will wear large earrings and I'll wear beautiful pearls uh, with that. And I've got various drops, not drops, everything. Um what what are you wearing? If you're too busy, and I'll wear one matte colour usually, um, and they're my colours, or I'll wear black or I'll wear all white. They're my colours. Now, people will often say, oh, I'm an introvert when I'm pre- I don't care. Tell somebody who cares. I don't care. The name of the game is that people need to look at you. When you're on stage, when you're in front of the screen, it is look at me. I do not want to blend into... Uh, whatever is there on the stage. If I have a black background on the stage, it is a disaster if I'm wearing black. I can pretty well guarantee if I'm red that I will stand out. And not for me, but for my message, for my product, I need to stand out. So that is a great colour. Once you have a rapport with people, you can wear whatever you like. Wear your pyjamas for all I care. Um, you'll, uh, and I think that through the pandemic, clothing has become more casual. So I have a lot of jackets and I'm trying to loosen that down now to shirts. Um, I think that's changed. But, yep, I have basic colours, red, black, white, boom. I'll wear white. If I go up to Hamilton Island, I'm doing keynote up there in a couple of weeks, I'm going to wear white. My focus is on not, uh, of course, how I feel I manage that, but how the audience are going to look at me. So that's the key thing for me, where I'm standing, the spatial psychology, Mm -hmm. how your eye is guided to me, how I'm going to guide your eye with my hands. These are the critical things and why I do colour. So stand out is the message there, right? Well, it is. Yeah, I don't want to blend in. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Good message. I like it. I think all of all of our listeners should be taking note there. How do I stand out? Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is that that is what you remember, isn't it? So, um, you know, regardless of, you know, put, get yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, so, uh, Louise, I've got a couple of quick questions for you, some fun questions. Our audience love to hear what our guests have got to say with these ones. So I'm going to throw them at you now. 
First one is what would be your favorite book or one of your favorite books to add to our accelerator book list? Okay, I've got two. One is The Confidence Code. The Confidence Code describes why women in particular are born with the same genetic confidence code as men. We're just as confident. For some reason, that goes wrong. And The Confidence Code very much describes how that is recognised and um, <laughs> what to do with it, come to me. But um, yeah. anyway, The Confidence Code. And the other book is Breathe. B-R-E-A-T-H-E, um, uh, and uh, I can't think of the authors. They're on that my table outside. But oh, that's all right. We'll we'll put them in the show notes. Great. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. And if you could have a superpower, any superpower, what would that be and why? Yeah, visibility. Um, a visibility, getting out there, being seen, being heard. This is what's critical and being able to get that visibility whenever mm-hmm. I wanted it, not for me, but for my message. Yeah. It's critical. My superpower would be able to appear in the sky. Help, look at me, look at me, um, so that I could share the wisdom. I love that. And actually, um, this brings up another little question here because you uh, won a Global Stevie Award for your contribution to women in business, which mm-hmm. is another amazing um, amazing feat and something to be proud of. But what I'd really love to know from you is what message would you have for those, if you could give one piece of advice to those women out there that are looking to get ahead in business? And I know, again, I'm opening a can of worms. You've probably got loads. But if you could say one thing to our listeners who are majority women who are trying to get ahead in business, what would you say to them? Speak up and often. That is one of the skills of leadership, speak up and often. And women are not speaking up. Do you know when women are in the minority, what happens is um, when men are in the minority, they just speak as they normally do. When women are in the minority, they're surrounded by men. They actually don't speak, and they've they've shown this in the confidence code you'll read, that we speak 75% less than everyone else in the room. It's got to stop. Our voices need to be heard. So speak up and often. And that's harder than it sounds, uh, but that's what you need to do. Yeah, great advice. And your favourite quote for us to share with our audience? Mm. Well, I definitely have a favourite quote and I quote it all the time and it's this, the amateur practices until they get it right, the professional practices until they can't get it wrong. And that is quite a leap. We need to know that we're not getting it right and then get it right and then practice, 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 practice till we can't get it wrong. Yeah. What a powerful quote. I love that one. So good. So good. Um, We will pop that in the show notes for anyone who missed that. And I know it's up on the screen behind you there. So we'll pop it in the show notes for those that are listening in as well. But fantastic. Last question uh, before we let you go, because I know that you're a very, very busy woman. And again, thank you so much for joining us and taking the time out for our audience today. Um, If you could go back in time and say one thing to your past self, what would that be? It's not about you. Um, You know, we're so often we're not doing things because we don't feel comfortable. We don't feel it suits us. We don't feel confident doing it. We don't feel, look, do you know what? I, I, we're an introvert, we're left-handed, we're, you know, came from this area, we're a different colour, we're a different nationality, we have a different accent. I don't care. Just get out and deliver what you need to deliver. These problems are not as big a barrier as you think. Um, it's not about you. It's about the message you need to give. Yeah, that's a really powerful one as well and I love that. 
and very timely, I think, at the moment as well. So, look, thank you again so much for taking the time out. This has been amazing and I've learned so much. I have no doubt that our audience has as well. So, thank you, Dr. Louise Marler, for joining us today on our podcast. Um, It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks, Sam. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. And thanks again to our listeners for tuning in. We'll see you all again on the podcast next week. Have a great week. God bless and bye for now. If you love this video and you would love more help to improve your direct selling business on social media, then click on the link to join our Facebook group. I look forward to seeing you in there.